Welcome to Get Wisdom with your hosts, Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Imagine if God was a co-host. What if the historically rare ability to converse with God and get profound answers to questions has been rediscovered? What would God say to today's troubled world? Get Wisdom will share those answers. Now, here is Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Get Wisdom. I'm Brian Kelly, along with Get Wisdom founder and director, Carl Mollison. This week, we're going to talk about uh, what Creator says about the nature of human belief. Now, if that sounds like a boring topic to you, the reason why we're looking into this is because so many people, especially nowadays with everything that's going on in the world, are having rather heated discussions with family members, friends, people at work, and not feeling like they're making any headway, even though they might be bringing to bear tremendous logic and rationale and maybe even some good historical examples. And we've noticed that ourselves in this project, and so we're taking some questions to Creator to say, why aren't we getting anywhere with logical argument? Well, this goes much deeper than the ability to persuade people. We're a captive of our beliefs, and we like to think we're accomplished, we're knowledgeable, we have our experiences that have made us learned, at least in some respects if only as a mature adult, maybe not a scholar or an expert in something, but unbeknownst to people, we have serious issues with our own mind that it's a fragmented entity. It has different layers, the deepest of which, which is the largest part of the mind, we can't reach consciously in a direct way. It can only think on its own, struggle on its own, and trigger emotions within us like anxiety. And this explains a lot about why people have inner conflicts that they barely understand or are really in the dark about. So we're going to get into how beliefs work, where they come from, and it's a rather important discussion. But we need to start getting smarter and and more educated about these realities because it's the underpinning of a lot that goes wrong in the world and why we can't solve problems readily. Exactly. Well, let's get right with it. You asked Creator, in response to a question about why belief was so difficult, in fact, nearly impossible to change with logical argumentation alone, Creator recently said, This is how humans are made, to have a foundational structure accumulated through learning, but providing a framework that is unchangeable. And that stability has value in allowing consistency of thought and behavior when based on sound ideas. Was this foundational structure of a person's belief designed to be altered and augmented principally through direct experience rather than vicariously through logical argumentation? And this is what Creator tells us. This indeed is a factor in the makeup of human and how beliefs come to form and be constructed and their relative stability and resistance to being overridden by counter beliefs or changes in nuances in their perceived meaning as understood by the individual. The logic of the system is to have consistency of thinking that once one has learned something about the world and come to form beliefs about it, those beliefs will hold up over time and be rewarding as a kind of inner construct that helps orient the person, prevent errors in judgment and faulty actions that will backfire because the person will have learned the ropes, so to speak, through hard-won life lessons and will not make the same mistake more than once in most cases, 
because they will believe within themselves acting a certain way or carrying something out they envision they believe will be more trouble than it, it is worth or represent a mistake or error in judgment if acted on. That is the gaining of wisdom in action, the cultivation of beliefs that are shaped and constructed by higher truth to serve the person through thick or thin, no matter what may come their way, to have a set of operating principles to guide them, to help them react quickly without having to stop and carry on an interior dialogue to sort through the pros and cons when the very action needed might be even life-saving or life-altering in some respect if they act quickly in a timely way to not miss an opportunity or to prevent something from going wrong by knowing what to do because it is within their beliefs already and they can react in the moment to save the day. It is the nature of the free will paradigm humans live within and given to them as a blessing from Creator so they have total freedom and total control of their own lives that makes it possible to get off track as well as to stay in divine alignment. This is the nature of the duality of good and evil, that one has choices. One must develop discernment to learn what will be rewarding and what might not be, and what will be met with joy and appreciation by fellow humans, and what will cause a backlash or criticism or an outright reprisal, resulting in a punishment of some kind. All such learning helps to shape the belief set and acts as a set of operating instructions. These are understood by the deep subconscious. The fly in the ointment, so to speak, is that the deep subconscious is vulnerable to outside manipulation and interference with its thoughts and actions it launches. This in turn affects the belief set by going against many and creating new beliefs based on the faulty information being imparted by outside consciousness coming in to demand things of the deep subconscious and will work many levers to cause stress and to keep the person off balance, remind them of past transgressions, cause a level of confusion and uncertainty, and will use painful times as a warning and a way to menace the person and even to shame them into submission, to give in and carry out actions that might be harmful to another person or even to the self and against better judgment normally but under duress may be persuaded to go against the moral precepts the person has inculcated. This can cause changes in the beliefs by overriding the older beliefs and giving priority to a new negative belief of some kind or self-limiting belief of some kind. This widens the array of choices and possibilities for the individual then, and if it is based on faulty information, will allow a wider array of unfavorable conduct by the person. This is what gets people into trouble and through time and enough manipulation will result in many cases in producing criminal conduct and a life of criminality in the extreme cases where this cannot be resisted or corrected in time through other pressures from society, if not peers and family members questioning the person's conduct. You know. Um if, that, if there was an opportunity, another question I would slide in for Creator was, is the foundational structure of belief a kind of a replacement for instinct that we don't have that the lower animals do? You know, that we need some kind of foundation mentally 
to do as Creator talks about here, be able to respond to situations without having to stop and, and think about it in detail. Well, we do have instinct, I would argue. That is divine wisdom and a divine flow of love and light that comes to us constantly from above if we're not too closed off. This is why people are altruistic. This is why they tend to want to do something on the side of love and not on the side of hate. Most well, people we have- can, can act in a good way, in a helpful way, in a charitable way given a chance and not being pressured unduly from someone darker who has more authority perhaps or just contaminates their thinking. And this is the problem, that we're bombarded with negative programming to undermine that, that natural instinctive alignment with the divine. Yes, well, we we have the, as as human beings, we have the freedom to actually uh, counteract our own instinct that maybe something like a dog might not. You know, that's the only point I was making there. But sure. uh, clearly we have guiding principles, no question about it, and very, very deep incentives in- internally to behave in certain ways. You ask Creator, can Creator explain the role of the deep subconscious in both being a repository for and guardian of individual human belief? Does each level of the mind have beliefs of its own? All right, and this gets into some additional interesting phenomenology the field of psychology doesn't know about yet, and this is a quandary. All of human learning is being suppressed. It has been all through human history. It continues to today. This is what Creator says about the deep subconscious and levels of the mind. All levels of the mind respond to the same inner belief set But particular levels of the mind are more concerned about some beliefs than others. This is a nuance that is an important one, because what level of the mind is most in charge at the moment will govern likely what the person does or does not do based on inner beliefs. If at moments of great stress, the conscious mind is pushed aside and the subconscious takes over to control, to bear the brunt of a threat and act through reflex actions, it may do so by honoring beliefs more centrally aligned with the fight or flight response and may be more self-serving, more categorical, and more black or white in their interpretation and consequences. This is how people can do something rash that appears quite self-serving and insensitive to others because their subconscious is trying to save them or save face in some way when it is feeling highly threatened and vulnerable and then may do something rash to show strength with the intent to survive the onslaught. And this may be overdone and result in surprise or shock in others and a backlash of negative judgment about the person. The deep subconscious being quite separate from the conscious self and the upper subconscious is all on its own and has a limited ability to think through problems and adopt a set of standards of its own. It will follow the inner beliefs as best it can. It is privy to what the conscious self is thinking and wanting to have happen, but it has many other inputs that may cause disturbances, and this creates inner conflict. So its emotional reaction to things and its influence on the physical body in particular will be governed by what beliefs it is acting on in the moment. 
if it feels it is under grave threat because it is looking at the Akashic records and seeing horrible things it fears will come again and may be imminent, it will want a more extreme response of some kind to happen. And this creates great inner tension when this is not in the awareness of the conscious self other than as a state of anxiety, for example. So in this instance, the conscious self is not troubled by anything external, perhaps, whereas the deep subconscious may be in a state of great inner fear and turmoil, feeling a life and death threat looming. This is a prescription for all sorts of personal difficulty and limitations, where there is a mismatch of thoughts and emotions, because the thoughts are coming from the conscious level, whereas the emotions are coming from the deep subconscious, which may have a quite different life experience. But in all cases, the beliefs will be governing what takes place. It is a question of how the inner conflict in the perceived agenda is managed and who wins out, what level of the mind prevails, and what it wants to see happen and how that influences the other levels of the mind, as well as the physical body living with the consequences of the struggle. The deep subconscious has its own agenda. Its primary purpose is to protect the life of the individual and its integrity in terms of any kind of threat that causes discomfort, distress, or seems to represent a danger either to status of the individual or to its survival and physical well-being in the moment. As such, it has an agenda of its own and will be governed by the beliefs that pertain to issues of safety, first and foremost, and that will be its ongoing daily focus, because other issues will be of lesser importance. So what it is thinking and how it is reacting will more likely be governed by safety considerations than other inner beliefs. So it is much more an inner fear-based part of the person than having a loftier, composed intellectual existence and agenda. It can form beliefs of its own by taking things to heart and drawing firm conclusions. This is the nature of belief in essence. It is a learned interpretation of the person's existence in juxtaposition to external circumstances and influences which may be something positive, negative, or of a more general and neutral nature, but something that is believed to be true in a consistent aspect of the world at large and the experiencing of life as a person interacts with the world and others around them. Because the different levels of the mind have differing agendas, there can be quite differing experiencing during the day and what takes place, how the person feels and what they choose to do. The problem enters in because the different levels of the mind vary in what they can perceive about one another, because the communication links are impaired, and the communication between the deep subconscious and the upper subconscious and conscious levels can only take place through the emotions triggered by the deep subconscious, using the body mechanisms of the nervous system and hormone generation to get their attention and communicate its concerns. This creates many difficulties and is a major problem people have in sorting things out when they are at war with themselves in particular. And this is a common experience. One part of the mind sees one interpretation and other parts of the mind see the world or themselves differently. 
and we'll be connecting to somewhat different beliefs in putting together an agenda for what comes next. And we'll want to see the person act on those particular beliefs, which may be somewhat in conflict with one another when comparing the conscious level of the mind, for example, to the deep subconscious, which it does not know exists, but has a huge role in things because it is the largest part of the mind. This is a prescription for becoming troubled, demonstrating irrational thoughts and feelings, and inconsistent and erratic behavior. They can get the person into trouble and interfere with their productivity. I'm thinking of an example. Let's say you meet somebody for the first time and you have an intense dislike for them. You know, it just kind of comes up from inside, an intense dislike. And it makes no sense because you don't know who this person is. You don't know where they come from. You don't know their background. You don't know their reputation. You know nothing. But you encounter this person and you have this visceral reaction. Well, that reaction is telling you something about that person. The deep subconscious is looking in the Akashic Records and probably finding trouble in the past somewhere and then giving you a warning about that. Where we get into trouble is if we take that feeling and then immediately act on it and treat that person badly as a result. Maybe we should interpret those kind of feelings as a warning rather than as a as a conclusion, you know, that this is what I'm encountering. So this is where we get into trouble in a lot of this. Well, and you can see how poorly one is apt to do under these circumstances because you really have nothing concrete to go on. You have nothing to guide you other than this kind of visceral gut reaction, which might be very valid. But if it's something in reaction, say, to a racial prejudice, you're, you're going to be on edge. You're going to recoil a bit if you're with someone of a race where you feel maligned by people of that kind as part of a belief you have that they're going to look at you with, uh, with concern or fear or loathing. This is going to determine what goes next and not your logic and reason. And this is why the world is in such a state. Everyone's worked up. And it's all coming from below, from these kinds of beliefs that are down deep in the warp and woof. Yeah, I think it's a big reason why a lot of really rational arguments fail is because the argument itself can trigger an emotional reaction in your discussion partner. And depending on whether, you know, how they respond to their own internal reaction is perhaps going to determine whether the conversation even continues or not. Yeah. Well, the, make, the mistake we always make is we think we're right. <laughs> we yeah, think yeah. our feelings are the correct ones, that we're entitled to feel the way we feel because that's the way yes. we feel. And It's me. Don't judge me. <laughs> and th- this is not going to solve the problem because everyone has this kind of built-in limitation. You could call it a defect. I don't want to be overly harsh, but it is a solid limitation. And it's going to affect the accuracy of our thoughts, our feelings, and our actions for the worse. Because we're doing it often in the dark, not with the full picture of what's motivating us and what we're reacting to. Indeed. And we're going to explore more of that darkness when we come back with Get Wisdom after this. But before that you go, be sure to download our prayer book. Get it at getwisdom.com slash prayer. And also get our LHP manual that will describe the Lightwork Healing Protocol. And you can get that at getwisdom.com slash LHP. And we'll be right back.
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You're listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the second segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about what Creator says about the nature of human belief. But before we get deeper into that, we're going to talk about the nature of extraterrestrial belief, Carl. Well, this becomes important for the following reason. We were just discussing how we have different levels of the mind. The largest part of the mind is beyond the reach of conscious awareness. But it can be influenced from the outside. It listens to our conscious thoughts. It sees everything that goes on. So its beliefs get shaped by the environment, the culture, and so on. But the dark spirits that corrupt everything and dark extraterrestrial beings who are here on our planet can also talk to our deep subconscious directly and carry out a propaganda campaign. So we can each become, in our own way, like a Manchurian candidate (laughs) that's brainwashed to have faulty beliefs, erroneous beliefs, self-limiting beliefs, dark beliefs about other human beings, and so on. And this happens all the time. So we're going to look at what the ETs go through and the common comparison. Indeed. You ask Creator, do all the ETs of the extraterrestrial alliance have a deep subconscious like humans? Does belief operate for them in the same way as humans? All right, and this is what Creator tells us. The extraterrestrials have a deep subconscious, as do humans. It, too, has become compartmentalized through the workings of the spirit meddlers, and this has resulted in darkening them because the spirit meddlers encourage dark thoughts and dark behavior because it is who they have become, and they will work to influence a host they are possessing to become self-centered and influence them to make selfish choices and encourage dark thoughts and dark behavior of all kinds in an attempt to drag them down. Because they are so vulnerable, the dark spirit meddlers are highly corrupting because they work avidly to encourage their hosts to seek power and control of others as well, because they view that as increasing their own security. 
And it is the seeking of power that causes many highly charged situations calling for high energy levels. And the influx in energy provided by the soul rewards the interlopers as well, because the dark spirits will siphon some of it off for themselves. They will encourage all kinds of daring and risky misconduct in the pursuit of power in their hosts, because it, on the one hand, has an appeal to the ego of the host, who also wants security and safety, and will feel less vulnerable when they are in charge and control of things and can be more readily induced to seek that power and control, even at the expense of others, because of the perceived rewards to them. Even though they do not realize that karma will out and those gains will be lost and will come with an additional penalty as well. You know, I was talking with Carl during the break and mentioned that I've gotten a lot of insights out of this particular set of channelings. And I think this one is one of the top ones where it, the creator actually is revealing why we're looking for power. I think this is really profound here. Well, it's coming from the interlopers. Yes, they're the ones who think this way and live this way to the hilt. I like this because they view that as increasing their own security. I, that that was a big insight. It's called corruption, folks. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it is indeed. You ask creator, we know the ETs are cut off from their own higher self. And they're also cut off from their, are, are they also cut off from their own deep subconscious is the following question. Is this how they can be unaware that dark spirit attachments affect them as well as, as us humans? All right. And Creator tells us both things are true. So they share the difficulty of the hapless human individual unable to connect to their higher self and thereby get divine support from the soul very directly from their normal guidance as well as having a corrupted link to the deep subconscious so it cannot be heard by the conscious mind and give any support and help with greater understanding of what it struggles with. And this prevents any kind of assistance and guidance, even from the conscious level of the mind that would otherwise give reassurance and seek solutions to deal with what was going on if only it knew. This is the greatest source of difficulty for people across the board with all manner of trouble in life on a personal level, as well as in the workplace and in society at large. And that's actually a big question because we asked it. I asked this question was asked a couple of years ago. It's like how, you know, we know the ATs are very psychic and they, they're tele telepathic, you know, and um, they have an amazing reach in terms of their mental prowess. So how could it be that these mental giants, quote unquote, can have onboard spirit attachments and not be aware of it. And creator at the time had said, well, that's actually a very good question and then explained it. But I think there's even more um, matter of fact uh, understanding that's departed here with this particular answer. Well, we're continuing to grow. We learn incrementally, as you know, Brian, and, yes. and we have to know enough about a situation to get additional facts about it, additional insights and information. Someone who knows, knows nothing about this will yeah. not receive anything. Yeah, exactly. If they are able to talk to a divine figure, the divine figure has to stay quiet. If they don't know about ETs menacing the world, they can't bring it up. And it's, if they don't know about the deep subconscious, they can't bring that up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So we had to discover this ourselves. Yes. But it explains a lot why the ETs are uniformly so dark. 
they're essentially functional sociopaths. And that's because their civilizations are billions of years older than ours, and they've been corrupted almost all that time by these same dark spirits. And they don't know it, but it has destroyed their spirituality, their ability to feel love. Yes. And now they're here with us. Indeed. You ask, Creator, do the ETs know about the deep subconscious? Do they think they are so different from humans that they believe humans have a deep subconscious cut off from conscious awareness, but they themselves do not? All right. And Creator tells us they are in ignorance about their own dilemma. They see the difference between themselves and humans as being what they have introduced is that they have introduced a defect blocking part of the human mind, not differentiating it as a functional aspect present within themselves as a defect. So they view the mind as having two levels, the conscious self and the subconscious, and believe humans simply have lost more of the subconscious through the fragmentation and are not aware of the hazard it represents for themselves personally, that much goes on below within their mind in the relentless attacks and bullying from spirit meddlers that has corrupted them so severely and plagued them for many millions of years now. Well, that's some of the esoteric stuff that you were talking about earlier, Carl, that the man in the street might not appreciate, but there's actually a lot to that answer. And, um, It explains how an advanced race that has mastered time, space, biology, you name it, can be so corrupt, you know, because that was, that's quite the dilemma, actually. Well, the scriptures talk about this a lot, and this is what they're talking about. They're talking about the fallen, the angels that turned away from love and light, had a war in heaven, so-called, and fell from grace, Lucifer and his cohort of angelic beings grew darker and couldn't make their way back. And it just got worse and worse and worse. And now they're cut off. They're on their own and they're plaguing the galaxy. Yes. Attaching to beings like us and yeah. dragging them down. And it's the only way they can survive is parasites. And, and they make everything dark they touch. That's <laughs> just why this whole experiment is limited to one galaxy too. You asked creator, Why is the underbelly of the deep subconscious so soft? It appears to tirelessly protect the beliefs of the individual from direct alteration with logic and argument, while apparently being a sitting duck for easy and extensive manipulation and alteration by the interlopers. Was this a divine design flaw? And yes, we have have the the gumption to ask creator if there are divine design flaws. (laughs) Okay, well, you do. This is your question, so... Inquiring mind would want to know. So we'll see what <laughs> we'll see how God handles this one. There you go. I don't see a lightning bolt coming your uh, way. Yeah, I'm looking around. Say. I look over my shoulder, Carl. <laughs> well, we know the Almighty is a loving being, and that idea of judgment is a corruption by guess who? You know, the interlopers. Anyway, here's what Creator says. The defect in question is not our doing, but alteration done by the interlopers. After all, having created the human physical body and the genetic components as well as the energetic layers, providing the template for the physical expression in terms of the morphology, as well as the interplay of consciousness coming from the higher self and generated by the individual's non-local consciousness, 
All of that architecture can function superbly according to the original blueprint. What has happened has been an alteration to damage things. That was done deliberately through a genetic distortion of the human race to cause this fragmentation of the mind. So the fact that deep subconscious can be impaired when under attack relentlessly by interlopers in a covert fashion, unobserved by the higher levels of consciousness, creates victims who then are condemned to live within a body tormented deep within with high levels of stress and much impulsive behavior being generated by what dim impulses get through from the deep subconscious. This is all a product of pathology stemming from the external manipulation by the interlopers. Anything beautiful and majestic can be tampered with or even destroyed through application of sufficient energy. If an advanced extraterrestrial species blows up a world of beings like humans, you cannot say, this is a divine design flaw. (laughs) They were simply vulnerable because all energy can be changed through interaction with other energy under the right circumstances. The end result may be positive or negative, so one must look to the intention behind that energy, where it is coming from and why, and this will show where the fault lies whether it is a consequence of a divine plan or decision or a consequence of neglect or manipulation done in the pursuit of evil intentions as by the interlopers in your world. See, it's hard to regret having a little bit of gumption, Carl, because that last paragraph is unbelievably magnificent. I mean, the the answer there is just, just profound, that... The reason why it's not so much that the underbelly of the deep subconscious is soft, it's simply that if you apply enough energy, nothing will be able to withstand it. Just like Creator says, if you blow up a world, is is the world because of a design flaw? That is just an amazing answer. Well, and it speaks to the totality, the absolute degree of freedom we have been given by the divine. We can make of our world whatever we choose. We might not like how it turns out. (laughs) And we need divine help all along the way to do it well, because we're, after all, an extension of the divine. And that's where wisdom comes from. We're just a small part of our soul down here. So it's it's no uh, reflection on us that we might need some help along the way from, from time to time. And especially when we're under assault and attack by beings that are longer lived, have been around for much, much longer than we have and have advanced technologies and all kinds of advantages. Oh, and yeah. and they're messing with us. So we need a big, powerful friend. We do indeed. You ask creator, because the deep subconscious is resistant to logical argument, but is pliable through experiencing things, would showing and immersing others in direct problem-solving exercises be a better way to convey a lesson and help others gain insight rather than just telling them about it? All right. Creator tells us, creating an experience is always a more effective teaching tool than rote learning exercises. And this is the major fault of the educational system young people are subjected to for years and years. It is learning in a vacuum, separate from the real world, and having little perceived value other than getting by because it is demanded of them and not because they value the experience and the knowledge gained. It is only when they are in the real world with adults, having positions of some responsibility, where they are taking on a role, producing something of value, and being paid accordingly, 
that they will appreciate the skills and knowledge they have gained, such as they are from the educational system. In actuality, they will end up learning much more while on the job than what they learned in the many years of preparation beyond the basics of language and understanding of the material world and some of the scientific principles involved in understanding energy and the various roles in life and what has happened through history that puts things in perspective about what is at stake and what one can expect living in society beyond what students already know from being part of a family unit in most cases. When people are involved in thinking more deeply as though they were part of an experience, it will become more real. And by identifying with the protagonists, will relate it to themselves personally in a more practical way. And then will be forced to reckon with what various aspects and issues create in calling on their own beliefs in making decisions about making something happen. So this will engage them on a deep level and will add truly to their learning and understanding in a way simply hearing facts will not. Yeah, so that's another question spawned by a speculation, you know, about uh, the impact of belief and, the, you know, our difficulty in getting people to really look at their own beliefs and perhaps change them with logical argumentation. Perhaps we need to do more than just argue with people, Carl. We have to show them. Well, and this also speaks to the difficulty at hand. If you want to change minds and hearts, which in a sense is changing beliefs, it's hard because their life experience has brought them to where they are. So you're competing against hard-won life experience in their perspective. Yes. You know, if they've been maligned by, you know, a person of a different racial background, that can create a belief within that they might be treated this way by others of that kind. And and that's hard to shift just with logic and reason and just explaining to them, oh, that's not proper. That's not the way to go about life. It, it, it rubs them the wrong way because their inner beliefs tell them different. Yes, yes. So there's a huge difference between like a child that's raised in a violent household and one that's raised in a household that the ne- a hand has never been laid on them. You know, that's yeah. going to create... Yeah individuals with starkly different outlooks on life. Well, and, you know, not to inject politics in this, but practical consequences as an example. If you call people forth to demonstrate and riot because of a perceived problem, that is putting them in a real-world, real-life activity, and that's going to teach them that this is real, it's something to loathe and to hate, and it will generate more hatred, I would argue rather than guiding them to do something uplifting, something that involves sharing and expressing appreciation for people who are different and giving them an opportunity to demonstrate that with their actual being involved directly, doing some act of support, cleaning up a community, painting houses that are ramshackle. And if you're clearing out garbage and, and things that help brighten the neighborhood. Absolutely. And being friendly and so on. There's many ways people can be inspired through being called forth to right or wrong rather than to throw more dislike and hatred into the mix. Indeed. We'll be back with more on the discussing beliefs when we come back right after this. Voice 
America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Scientist and inventor Carl Mollison has discovered how a tiny percentage of people throughout history have made direct contact with God. At Get Wisdom, we have a searchable database of the Creator's wisdom and guidance from asking hundreds of probing questions. Get a free download from the Creator, answering the biggest questions people have wondered about. Who are we? Where do we come from? Why are we here? And where are we going? Get a free download explaining how to make prayer work in powerful new ways. We offer divine healing sessions with our comprehensive Lightworker Healing Protocol and train practitioners on how to save and heal humanity. We pierce the veil in channeled interviews with famous departed people now in the light to probe the greatest mysteries. Our weekly webinars feature the Creator's wisdom about solving the burning issues challenging us personally and globally. And we welcome viewer questions. There is no death. There are no secrets. Get enlightened. Visit GetWisdom.com. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. listening to Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They are here to answer your questions and comments about the program. Send us an email to contact at getwisdom.com. That's contact at getwisdom.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to the final segment of Get Wisdom. We are talking about uh, creator's revelations on the, the nature of human belief. And um, we're going to be, you know, we, we'd be remiss uh, in such a discussion, if we didn't also look into some of the ways that belief is manipulated, uh, brainwashing is the word that comes to mind. Indeed. And this is not a bad term for how humans have been manipulated all through human history. We've been talking about this and how the interlopers can talk to the deep subconscious level of the mind and program us to think and act certain ways. That's how they can call people out of their homes to demonstrate over something that might or might not be even rational. But it's an emotional uh, kind of enhancement, a ramping up, and an appeal to prejudice, frankly. Yes. Acts of hatred teach hatred. They don't teach goodwill and charity and loving kindness as a way to interact, to uplift others as a primary duty and a goal in life. I don't see that on display these days very much. It's more the opposite. Indeed, indeed. You ask creator, the deliberate attempt to alter force, to alter by force someone's thinking and beliefs has been called brainwashing. Another term for the same thing is gaslighting. Gaslighting is defined as a form of psychological manipulation in which a person or group covertly sows seeds of doubt in a targeted individual or group, making them question their own memory, perception, or judgment, often evoking in them cognitive dissonance and other changes, including low self-esteem. Uh, gaslighting, I think, was a film. That's where that term originally came from. Um, what is creator's view of gaslighting, and what are the karmic implications for those practicing it? All right, and creator tells us, What you speak of is a gross interference with the sovereignty of the being, to interfere with its birthright, 
to express the yearnings of its own soul through making its own way through life. So the person can choose any number of opportunities for experiencing things to serve learning and growth and to be enriched through interacting with many other beings and learn from the interactions many additional valuable lessons about life and its meaning than would be possible if a person experienced the universe always in a state of isolation. When their rights are abridged through interference to manipulate their perceptions, their feelings, their thoughts, with distorted information, with lies, with threats, and in some cases even physical coercion, this will cause many disruptions and distortion of thinking because it generates negative beliefs that will continue to be harmful as a consequence of the discomfort or pain invoked and will constitute a major disruption and interference with the life experience. And it may be life-altering if severe enough. Such conduct to manipulate others with the intent to change them through causing harm is a grave error, an example of non-divine conduct and consequences that will always be noticed by the law of karma, the law of cause and effect, that will weigh the energetic consequences. And this will be registered in the Akashic records for all of time, and eventually will cycle back to the person to be imposed on the originator and demanding a repayment, a rebalancing, a restitution in some way for misconduct. The same will be true for the victims, because they will be responsible for the safeguarding of their own soul, and if they have been harmed, must find a way to receive healing, if not offered to them by their perpetrator in an act of contrition seeking forgiveness. While this seems unfair to put some burden on the victim, in a sense there will always be a self-victimization accompanying the harm caused by others. Otherwise, the person would have been impervious in the moment and unassailable. The fact people are not perfect and have vulnerabilities is a function of their imperfections through being incomplete in their progress. So this is not a finding of fault. It is simply a condition of existence that varies across time. And this is simply reflecting the fact that one becomes impervious and invulnerable by learning about healing to such a degree that they cannot be harmed because the person will heal as quickly as harm occurs and in all likelihood prevented in the first place through the extent of divine support they enjoy having cultivated this in an effective way. Being vulnerable to attack, therefore, represents a healing need. Not simply that people are fragile and such things can happen, It is a temporary condition. It is a fundamental dilemma of the physical human in their current configuration. And this will be less so when in higher dimensions. But the stakes are higher as well because of the level of energies being utilized and which are available to the light being to deploy at will. So there needs to be a true depth of experience in knowing about consequences and what is needed to right wrongs, to rebalance anything out of alignment, and quickly. So this provides valuable growth and learning when it is needed, as it will be inevitable on all levels of existence. It is just that the experiencing will be different, and you are in a very early learning stage, and the experiencing is more painful and of greater duration. 
That will change with maturity and gaining of wisdom. There's so much in this channeling. We could spend the rest of the show talking about it. And hardly scratch the surface, I think. There's just so much here. Um, but this, you know, this idea that um, the victim needs healing and the perpetrator need healing, both need healing. Um, a lot of people would think that you know it's all on the perpetrator. and that there's just, Once the perpetrator changes, the victim automatically is healed. And there's some truth to that, but it's not the whole picture. Yeah. And, of course, many who suffer are former perpetrators, and their karma has caught up with them. And they're going through a rebalancing through their suffering of the harm they caused others. So this isn't to point fingers and make people feel bad, but you're entitled to know how the universe works. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Creator is sharing with us. There's a reason to be a goody two-shoes, <laughs> to right. be and- a straight shooter and to walk the straight and narrow path. And be kind to others and kind to yourself and not get involved in darkness of any kind. Right. Because that right. can spiral out of control and, and cause huge difficulty. And when you are affected by a perpetrator, you need to act. You need to seek the help of a healer to get you out from under the onus, the yes. stain, the the wounding that otherwise will just sit there and fester and it'll be there when you come back in your next lifetime. Yeah, and that brainwashing may be imposed upon you from others, and it's caused real damage. But you still have some responsibility for safeguarding your old soul. That's what Crater pointed out there. Yes. And there are you ways are, to do it. That's the key. Yes, there is. And we're going to get into that. You asked Creator, can Creator share how prayer work and the Lightworker Healing Protocol can both help protect the deep subconscious while helping people to be less rigid and more open-minded mentally? How can they help, the light working protocol and prayer, help humanity gain true wisdom? All right, and this is Creator's words. We like your question because it emphasizes the true bottom line of greatest importance, that wisdom is the most priceless of commodities. Wisdom is the hard-won deep knowing about divine truth and is of immeasurable value in all aspects of life. The more one knows the divine truth of things, the better one will do and the better in alignment and the better adjusted the person will be to their life experience and circumstances. People can tolerate mistreatment, inequity, deprivation, and personal inconvenience and even suffering from things like a handicap or chronic illness when they truly understand the spiritual nature of things and the divine and thereby gain hope about the future. If they know they are immortal and deeply loved by a loving God who cherishes them and made them to be unique like no other, people can marshal amazing inner strength because it is the strength of being in alignment with love themselves and using its energy as a springboard. Prayer calls on the divine and works to create a partnership to a greater or lesser degree, depending on the wording of the prayer and the intentions behind it. The ideal is to have an ongoing partnership with Creator on a continual basis, each moment of every day, so it is never very far from the thoughts. This is not a challenge for Creator to do. Creator is already within you and knows everything you think, feel, and do. Why not invite a participation to gain inspiration, guidance, 
support, healing, and protection from the divine as you go about your day. You will be the better for it. You will be uplifted and empowered both. The Lightworker Healing Protocol strives for the same degree of interaction with the divine, but goes far beyond the usual prayer requests to encompass all of existence that matters for the human experience and future as well as many, many other beings caught up in the difficulties within the free will galaxy as a whole, and its many species and worlds that are troubled. The Lightworker Healing Protocol incorporates many, many levels of attention through requests and instructions, asking the divine for assistance for every type of negativity that can influence a person, and to bring to bear all of the many sophisticated ways the divine can intervene to improve things and adjust the energies at all levels of the being and influence, both internal and external. And in addition, to have all the actions of an individual and what they've experienced and caused others to experience be examined and potentially reworked to some degree across time domains in the past as well as future. This is the potential strengthening and improvement of a person's existence far beyond what humans can envision or hope to achieve. It is bringing to bear divine level power to make things better. It is the ultimate answer for what is threatening humanity because it's the only way to achieve the healing of your perpetrators. And that is the only thing that will save you from annihilation by them. We do not exaggerate here. This is literally what you face. It is time to awaken to this truth and to act. The choice is up to you in keeping with our rules of engagement that in blessing you with free will and free agency, we must allow you to have your experience with you in charge of things. If you need and want our help, you must request it. So you can fall through a failure to call on your greatest source of power and wisdom Or you can succeed and prosper by calling on us to carry out your wishes to have a better existence. The rewards and the credit will fall to you as much as to us by taking the right path here and claiming your birthright as a divine human to partner with the divine, especially when you need it the most. You know, there's there's something I think to be said here. Um, The guilty are in a very poor bargaining position. You know, if you harm somebody... And then you ask for their forgiveness. What if they refuse? What if they say, no, I'm not forgiving you? Are you out of options then? The answer is no, because you can use prayer work and the light work healing protocol to ask for healing for both that person and for yourself. So there's something you can do beyond just asking for forgiveness. And you need to do it, actually. Yeah. And the analogy I, I use sometimes is the school bully You can go to school every day and come home with a bloody nose and get a new Band-Aid for mom and a kiss. Or you can heal the bully, and then you don't have to worry about getting battered and bruised every day. There you go. Fear. (laughs) You know, so this is kind of counterintuitive. People aren't inclined to help their enemy. Right. But it's the divine path to, to break free once and for all and forever. From darkness. And that's what we're here to do. We're here to solve the problem of evil. Exactly. And we need it more than ever because I'm not seeing a lot of forgiveness out there, Carl. Well, the hatred is ramping up for sure. Yes. And that's not going to end well. No, not unless people 
get on board with what we're doing, to be honest with you. So it's very, very important. Check us out at GetWisdom.com. Check out our healing services. We were just talking about that. Uh, on our menu is a healing drop-down list, and you can check out our services. Um, you can also, of course, get the Lightwork Healing Protocol again, GetWisdom.com slash LHP, and our prayer book, How Empowered Prayers, More Critical Than Ever. GetWisdom.com slash prayer. And we are out of time, Carl. Thanks a lot. Okay, be well. Spread the wisdom. Thank you for listening today. Please tune in next Friday for another edition of Get Wisdom with Carl Mollison and Brian Kelly. They'll be here at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a beautiful week.